welcome to season three of Inspo Podcast. This season, I'm answering your questions. So any question that I get that I think is valuable and I think that would have helped me when I first started, I'm going to give it all to you. Whether you're listening in your car or listening at home, I hope you enjoy season three of Inspo Podcast with Jenna Cash. All right, so you want to make $100,000 a year. No problem. (laughs) Just kidding. It is not always as easy as it sounds because I think the one thing that people forget that you have to have is a a good amount of resilience to negative feedback. Um, And I think that, you know, I think nobody expects us to be masters right away, but I think that we think people think that we should be masters right away. And with social media, there's so much pressure to be good and to post good quality photos with good quality lashes. And you know, like from year one to three, it's okay if you're bad. And remember what I learned into my lashing career, maybe like six months in, the piece of advice that I got was, you guys are probably going to say it with me because you've heard it so many times, you're going to suck for a long time and then one day you just don't suck anymore. All right, so let's move on and let's um, let's get you to six figures. I will preface this by stating something that a lot of you might not be able to apply this um, right away. So save this episode for later if, or if you want to listen to it and save it for later, once you're in this spot, that's fine. But you're not going to graduate beauty school or take a class and within six months, you know, start making six figures. It's not going to happen. Um, you could, if you're just one of those people that get it right away and there are those people, um, there are those people. I was not one of those people. I was a good three years in before I really started to finesse my style, um, and master, you know, the basics, ABCs. So If you have not mastered retention and you haven't mastered your, you know, niche, then this episode might not be super helpful for you right now, but it will be helpful for you as soon as you figure out, um, you know, your retention and your style. So number one, I'm going to say practice, um, practice even when you're not working or rather, especially when you're not working, um, you know, I I know that these girls who have zero clients seem to get so quick, so fast over these girls that have so many clients and they've just plateaued and they're not really great at what they do. They're okay, they're mediocre. But then you see this girl who just out of nowhere is phenomenal. And she, it's like this girl can outlash you. She can lash circles around you and you're like, where the hell did she come from? Well, probably because she has secretly been practicing hours and hours and it takes dedication, it takes persistence, and it takes a lot of patience. And you know, you really, really have to want it. You know, every city is looking for talent, whether it's you or whether it's somebody else, it's got to be someone. So if you want it that bad, take it, practice Practice when you're watching reruns of Friends. Practice when you're watching 90 Day Fiance. Practice for 30 minutes after you put your kids to bed. Wake up an hour earlier and practice. People will say so many times, I just don't have the time. 
you do have the time you're just choosing it to do something else like maybe sleeping, drinking coffee, playing on your phone, and really, really prioritize practice because it's going to get you just so much better, you guys. People underestimate what practicing can do and they say it takes doing something 10,000 times before you master it. Just like rip the band-aid and do it. Carve out time every day if you're not good at just doing last minute practicing. Um, figure out how to get your practice in. Practice on your, your family. Practice on your friends. Practice on your friends' sisters. Practice as much as you can. Um, you know, and, and the biggest thing I want you guys to practice, um, if you are a little bit on the newer side, the basics like classic lashing and inner lashing. If you have not mastered classic lashing or inner lashing, I don't think that you should be moving on to anything else because I will tell you, if you have mastered classic and inners, you can do anything. Classics and inners, I always kind of compare them to, a men's haircut. It's like there's no room for mistake. And if you fuck it up, you can see it. So classics and enters master those things before you move on to something else. Okay. Um, number two, I hope, you know, I always like kind of lose my number. So throughout this, I might lose my number. So apologies if I do, but, uh, okay. So let's say number two is figuring out your style. So your particular style is going to be, it's going to become what you're known for. So if you're a lash artist who I've had this so many times, they say, I want to specialize in everything. I want to specialize in you come in. I'm going to do whatever you like. That is awesome. That's really awesome. But you're going to grow a bit slower because somebody who gets mega volume lashes and somebody who gets natural wispy lashes might be two completely different demographics of people. They might be two different ages of people. They might be two different everything, right? Typically, like what I've noticed, and of course there's always, this is not, this isn't Bible. Nothing I say is ever Bible, but typically speaking, you know, tell me who you are and I'll tell you who your friends are. Most of the time, girls that get mega volume, their friends get mega volume. Or, you know, something similar to that. So whatever you're attracting, like let's say you specialize in mega volume, you're doing mega volume clients, you're going to attract mega volume clients. It's really easy to saturate one portion of the industry rather than dipping your toes in everything. There's something that I talk about. It's the one in hundred or one in a 20, one in 20 rule. If you can pick one specific specialty, um, you will grow your clientele so much quicker. And I don't know what episode that is on or if I, if it, if I, have I recorded that? I don't know, but I don't want to record it if I haven't because, um, it's an exercise that I do with our Lash Booth Collective, um, uh, workshops. And I really like to save that one for, for Lash Booth Collective specifically, but take one specific technique and make that your niche. Um, people like a specialist, they don't necessarily love a generalist and they can, but if you're going to start charging a lot of money, or if you want to start charging a lot of money, that's when you can really start raising your prices and being a little bit more particular about who you're accepting as a client, um, the hours that you're working, right? Because you are that girl. You're the wispy girl. You're the mega volume girl. You're the natural girl. If you can do that, you're going to build your clientele so much faster 
And for those of you who say like, well, I'm just good at like five different, five different types of lashing. Awesome. What is the easiest for you, right? You're going to go through and, and choose the ones that are easier. Or if there's one that's easiest, usually people narrow it down to like one, two or three styles. Okay. Now of the ones that are the easiest, which of those do you like the most? Which would you maybe wear on yourself? And if you're like, God, how do I, how do I figure out which one I like? I don't know. I like them all the same. I always say at the end of a long eight hour day, which style of lashes will you ask to keep your last client after eight hours an extra 30 minutes so that you can get a good picture? That's the type of style that you should be doing, right? Um, what is your mentor a master at? So if you're being mentored or if you work at a salon where the owner or like some of the other stylists are, are mentoring you or helping you in any way, um, that's the type of a mentor. Maybe it's not a paid mentorship, but um, if that person mentoring you specializes in something and you really love how she does her lashes or her clients, um, try and master that. Hone in on that because you literally have somebody who's ab- right above you in, in your neck of the woods, so to speak, at your salon that you can literally walk over to and say like, dude, what did I do wrong? Oh my gosh. Come look at this, please. I'm, I'm dying. Um, and if you want to go the complete opposite spectrum of that, you can look into what's missing in your area. If you're happy, if you're still struggling, I don't know. So what I always, always tell people and they never listen to me because nobody listens to me. I'm an old lady now. If you're struggling with choosing a style, choose something that isn't really common. (laughs) The one thing that isn't very common is classic, like a short classic look. Nobody specializes in that. Um, and of course not nobody, but like in my area, no, I don't know one person who specializes in it. There's people that say they specialize in it, but they're not masters and they're not amazing. You know, they're okay, but be that person that you just nail it. Um, nobody likes classics because not because they're boring, but because they're hard. They show every single mistake. It's like that men's haircut. They show every mistake. So that's something that if you're like, shoot, I don't know. I like them all the same. Just trust me on this one. Really dedicate some time to lashes, uh, classic lashes. And when I say dedicate some time, go a year. See how it's going for a year. And you'll start to get clients who like that look. Um, I will say my clients who have preferred that natural look were always clients who were in a little bit higher tier of a higher tier of like an income bracket. They're, they made a little bit more money. They wanted to look a little bit more natural. But you know what they always did? came to their appointment. If they're going on vacation, this type of clientele for me anyways, um, they came in on day nine because they didn't want to go late. If they're going on vacation, they did. They wanted their lashes to look good. These people are not ostentatious. These people like to look natural, but they don't want their lashes, you know, falling out because they are classic. And if they do start getting sparse, they see it. So these people are really wonderful clients. Um, they oftentimes can afford to keep them up. And I know I'm generalizing and stereotyping a certain type of client. And I have had plenty of clients who love other styles that can afford it. I'm not saying that people can't afford it if they're getting mega volume or wispy. But what I can say is 100% of my clients that get, did get classics were all in that bracket. Um, maybe it was my area, but I would really recommend at least dipping your toe in that. They tend to be a little bit older of a clientele, like, um, I don't know, like mid-30s to 
mid thirties and up. I'm 37. So I fall into that category. I like more natural. I like a shorter length. I like my longest length to be 11 and I like my shortest to be five. Um, and there are not many people who do five to 11. It's just, I can't find anybody. Um, so Hey, coming from somebody who can't find something, there's a little hint, go for that. Um, number three, this kind of rolls out of number two, but master quote your thing master it become the master of your area when I say master be the person that everybody says oh you want that style go to her that's what I mean by master and you know if you're like well how do I know if I'm a master like what does that mean because I used to say what is that why when people put I'm a master artist on my on their um Instagram page I wouldn't I didn't put that for like four or five years because I felt like that was really showy I felt like it was ostentatious and I felt like it was really um I don't know like what's the word I'm looking for I just felt like it was very showboaty and I'm not like that so I think once you're an educator and you really actually have mastered all styles of lashing okay sure do that um but master your thing. And that the cool thing about mastering one thing, you don't have to master everything. You can be the master of your style of craft. Um, how do you do this? You only accept that type of client. That is when you're the master of a technique. You only offer this. You, you are very strict about how often people have to come. You're very strict about how long each appointment is. And if they go over two weeks, they have to do a different time. That's a master. A master is when you can be really choosy about how often people come and you can have rules like that. And if they don't want to follow the rules, then you can you know, politely refer them to a different artist who is a little bit more flexible with, with that type of thing. But when you're a master, you can have the confidence to do or require certain rules. Um, I, I would really, really recommend that. Um, in Sonoma County, when I had my clientele, I was very particular and very strict about my rules. And if a relationship with my, between myself and a client didn't work, I would kindly refer them out to one of the most amazing um, lash artists that I would know um, would be best for them. Um, let's see here. Oh, another thing be the best at it before you really start to flood the market. And why I say that is because it's really hard to come back from a bad reputation. So, you know, in the beginning, obviously we're not dishing out great work. So until you master it, don't, don't so much, um, like, I mean, you have to build your clientele and you have to practice, but save your good name, like your business name that you know, you're going to be save that for later, save that for a later launch until until you launch your page and you're that girl that people go, where did this girl come out of? Oh my God. And then they're like, oh shoot, that's so-and-so. She rebranded. Cool. So have your building brand name and then have your brand name ready for when you're ready to rock and roll. You know, if you market before you're skilled, you just have so many people saying like, "Mm, I don't think so. And you don't want that. So once you've mastered it, then you can rebrand and, you know, just, word of mouth is so important and bad news spreads quicker than good news. We all know that in this industry. So, you know, take advantage of taking your time, slow and steady wins the race, you know? So something else that comes into play, if you want to be a six figure earner is your work environment. And is that up to par with being a six figure lash artist? Because here's the thing, 
if you're making six figures and you work with um, nine other lash artists that are making six figures, you guys work in a million dollar company. So that is huge. I want you guys to really, really put a lot of pride underneath your business and your branding. And I want you guys to make sure that everything that you're doing visually, um, making the experience incredible, um, I want you really, really to take that into consideration when you're trying to make a lot of money. You know, it's like if you're going to charge top dollar, you have to be able to offer an environment that is top dollar as well. And I, I will, yeah. and again, you guys, this is not to bash anybody. I'm sure many people go against this and I'm not saying that's wrong, but what I am saying is when you walk into your salon, it should give you a good feeling. If it, even if it isn't your salon, I'm not saying you have to own a salon. But when you walk into the place that you do business in, your place of business, how does it make you feel? You know, I always compare this to Disneyland because I'm a Disney dorky, weirdo, freaky deaky. And when I walk into the gates and you walk under that sign that says, here you leave today and enter the land of tomorrow. And and then I can't remember what it says. I should know this by heart. Oh my God, now you're going to think I'm a fake Disney liker, but I I don't know it by heart. But anyways, you know what I mean? It should give them a feeling. How does your business make you feel? And that's how your client should be feeling. Is your bed warm when they get in? Do you offer them coffee after? Do you have water for them waiting? Do you guys put edible flowers in their water floating because it's cute? All these little things create experiences um, and they're talk triggers. Um, I did a whole episode on talk triggers, so go back and check that one out. But basically what a talk trigger is, is it's something that triggers people to talk about your business, even if they will never come to your business. Um, an example of one of our talk triggers, each of our lash artists have has a record player in their room and we have a whole record wall. So their client gets to choose a record and they can bring it into them with their appointment. So that would be something that's, you know, triggers somebody to talk about that. Even if they live in France or New York, like they're never going to come to our salon in California. They just talk about it and it inspires them to do something. So things like that are really, really helpful. That all has to do with your, um, work environment. Uh, number five, hoping, hoping that you're already doing this, but using premium products. Um, once you are in a space in your business where you don't have to order from Amazon anymore, um, and you're ordering from a premium supplier, then I think that, I think that that's a wonderful thing because you're starting to maybe more invest financially into your business. And that's a beautiful thing. I have always overly invested in my business and I've never felt guilt about it. Um, the only time that I really felt like a hoy was recently when I learned how much, uh, we just did our taxes recently and learned how much we put into our company. We put $135,000 into both of our salons. Um, well rather one is our academy and one is our salon slash warehouse. So we put a lot of money looking back. I'm like, Oh my God, I don't know if I would have done that again. I was thinking, I don't know, maybe like 30 or 40 Yo mama. Oh boy. Anyways, if you're at a point where you're already using premium products, I am so proud of you. Congratulations. I'm happy for you're in your business. Um, this is when you can really take your business to the next level because you know, you have companies that will back you if something's not right. If any of you do or don't use SoCo lashes, um, I'm going to give you guys a 15% off code. This is good for your whole order. Um, it's a one-time code, but you can use inspo 15 
I-N-S-P-O and then one and a five um, for 15% off of your next order, whether you are a current um, customer or whether it's your first time ordering from us. Um, I love helping you guys out. And, you know, I always try and get back to all of my messages. Of course, I can't always get back to my messages um, in a timely manner anymore. I try my very, very best, you guys. But um, I want to help you guys you know, save a little bit of money on some products. So if you guys are looking to invest, um, our 0.04 lashes are amazing. Um, our 0.03 lashes are one of our best sellers as well. Our stay a while adhesive. This is like, we dude, we sell it like water, um, and our primer and sealer. Those are our best selling products. Uh, our best selling tweezer is our 45 degree tweezer or our petite crane. Um, let's see, of course our Jenna lens, um, is really popular. I'm trying to go through, I'm like walking through our warehouse. What else is really popular? Um, oh, obviously our new product, which is like slowly making its way to like our number three seller, um, the shampoo bar. Um, but these are products that if you're like, I don't know what to try from you guys, I have a code. Cool. What do I try? Those are our best sellers. Um, you know, poor, poor, quality products can keep you plateaued as a lash artist. You're, you're doing all of these incredible techniques and you're taking these classes, but you're not investing in quality product. Um, it's really going to keep you plateaued and, you know, stunt your growth as a lash artist. Um, I remember when I was using all of these crappy products from Amazon and, you know, when I first started lashing, it was before there were so many lash companies around. So we didn't really, we weren't really exposed to as much of it as you are. So you guys are so lucky, but, um, you know, it's like, using amazing lashes and then using like crappy tweezers, you know, it's like, we do this for so long until we're like, why didn't I just spend the money? And, you know, I think our tweezers are like $40. So they're not anything like some of the other companies tweezers. I think that that was probably like how I price things is what I would want to pay for them. And what I think I, I see as affordable, um, in the industry and I never want to overcharge too much. And I see some companies charging $80 for a tweezer. Um, yowza. <laughs> if you're that person and you're extra, hell yeah, do it. But it's not necessary. You guys, um, eventually you're get, you're going to get to a place in your business where it's like, you don't really care about um, impressing other people and you just want quality products and tools for your clients. And, um, so collages, everything's amazing. And like, if you get a tweezer that doesn't work, you guys, we guarantee it. So if your tweezer isn't grabbing, we'll send you a new one. So how's that for 40 bucks? Um, and let's see here. Oh, and another thing that I always, it always like kind of like boggles my mind. I know that so many lash artists charge a lot of money when they're using crummy products. You know, they're buying like 10 to $15 lash trays and they're charging like $125 for a fill or the complete opposite. They're using all like, I have one of our educators uses also co-lashes product. And I would say she's an even better lash artist than I am. And she's charging like $80 for a fill. And I just cannot, I can't, you guys, oh my gosh. Make sure you're charging your worth, whether it's a lot or not a lot, you know, be true to what you should be charging. Um, okay. This is, I told you I'm going to start losing track of numbers. This is when I just stopped writing numbers, <laughs> number question mark availability. How open are you? When people are trying to book with you, are you available? And I hear people say, I am available. I'm available five days a week. And they're available like Monday through Friday from 10 AM to 3 PM. That's not availability. <laughs> That's not what availability should look like anyways. If you're trying to build a clientele, that is what my schedule looked like as a senior artist when I wasn't taking new clients and I had a wait list. 
that's a schedule that you have when you're not trying to grow your clientele, when you're not trying to be available. In the beginning, you should be available six days a week. And I know that seems crazy, but um, I even came in on Sundays, you guys. If I didn't have my kids, I was in. I came in evenings, I came in weekends, and of course I wasn't there every weekend and every evening. I would switch off. I'd do like two to three evenings a week and every other Saturday. If you're building, you have to do this. And I always say, if you're not willing to do this, you're going to grow 10 times slower because if you're available in the evenings or for last minute, like if you're willing to sit in the salon and wait for people, you get so many cool clients and you just never know if that client has two sisters or a cousin or 14 women, um, uh, um, coworkers who are looking for lash artists, you're going to miss those clients that build your clientele for you. And oftentimes they work during the day and they need evening appointments. Um, so really, really keep that in mind. I, I get this a lot. Like I'm just, I cannot build a clientele. I can't, I can't sustain what I'm doing. Like people keep rescheduling and I'm not getting new clients and my clients that I am, I, I do have or are, aren't rebooking might have a lot to do with your talent and skill level. Maybe you're not as good as you should be yet, or maybe you're just not availability available and they're kind of like tired of it, you know? Um, reliability. Are you reliable? Um, I know so many people in the industry who will just flake out on appointments. And I think I fall into that category now because I don't really, um, book appointments anymore. I don't have clients. So not that I flake, but you know, um, my clientele is not my top priority. And if something in my business comes up, I do have to reschedule for them. So I would not be looked at as a reliable lash artist at this moment. But if I was in my work mode up until a year, eh, like two years ago, before I moved here to Reading, I would be there if I was had the stomach flu and my client was okay with me wearing a mask, I would be there. That is how dedicated to my work I've always been. So if you're not that dedicated, you're just going to grow slow and you're not going to hit six figures. <laughs> like maybe never. Um, cause remember what I said, bad news spreads quicker than good news. And people are going to talk about how you're not reliable. You can be the best lash artist, but be the flakiest and you will have less clients than somebody who's half as good as you, but who's nice and reliable. Um, uh, personality. Are you personable? Do people like being around you? Um, you know, that's, that's something that I used to work with this girl who I trained and she was one of my friends. And like, I would have, when I stopped lashing, I gave most of my clients to her. And like, sometimes I just had clients who are habitually late, habitually late. And you just know these people, they're habitually late. You tell them 15 minutes before their appointment is, you just know that. But she was so different than I was. Um, when my clients would come in, they're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I would like kind of joke and I'd be like, Hey, it's your time, your, your appointment. You can spend it however you want. You want to spend it in line at Starbucks? Fine by me. I'm just sitting, I'm ready when you are, you know, and I would try and rush, but it was never outwardly rude. But I remember one time she was, my client walked in late. Who's probably one of my clients who was habitually late. I don't remember who it was, but the client sits, sits down. And she goes, ah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And she, this girl goes, you're late. <laughs> I wanted to be like, what the fuck? Because I kind of felt like protective of her because she was my client. Like, oh my God. Anyways, <laughs> I just, you have to be nice. Um, okay. So let's go on to the next thing. Um, Instagram. Are you taking advantage of your Instagram? If you're trying to build your clientele, I'm going to give you like a quickie run through. Um, I'll do a little bit more in depth post. Um, I mean, um, episode on this, but Instagram things that you should be taking advantage of. This is where you want to save this episode and jot down some notes. Um, because these are the things that I did to grow my clientele via Instagram. 
um, taking advantage of every single post. Every single post should have your hours, how to contact you, your prices, and location. And I will say many people disagree about posting your prices. You're just going to save yourself some time. Either they can't afford you or they're going to pay your prices or they're not. Just put it on your post. You're going to save all of these messages that you don't need to be wasting time responding to. If they say how much you charge, you're going to say 250. They're going to be like, no thanks. And they're just going to be like, oh, thanks. That's too much. And then you just wasted your time. Um, you should be, uh, locally checking in locally. Like, so if you're in San Francisco, check into your salon, that's going to alert Instagram and the algorithm that you're in this area. So people that check into that area or that live in the area, you're going to show up in their feed. Um, I'm going to get through this a little bit quicker because I am going to go more into depth on a different episode, but I want to get through this. I have kind of a lot and we still have a good amount of time to go. Um, this is a longer episode. Um, okay. So local hashtags, meaning like, um, San Francisco, San Francisco lashes, San Francisco lash artist, San Francisco lash salon, um, saving, ask, oh, asking your clients to tag you. Um, if they post a selfie, taking pictures and actually tagging your clients in those photos. Um, ask your clients to tag your page, ask your clients to check in at their appointments, um, ask clients for good selfies, taking quality photos and actually knowing how to editing, how to edit them, posting one to two times a day per a minimum three, if you can. And I don't mean post to post, I mean, quality posts, um, connecting with your community, like local radio stations, local other artists, like doing your collaborations, um, local trades. That would be where your collaborations come in. Like your, your manicurist, your hair girl, your facialist, your waxer, um, everything. Right. Um, let's see here. I would say just to kind of wrap this up, asking your clients, to tag you and to mention you. This is going to be really huge for the algorithm and for keeping you local. And what that's going to do is it's going to allow your clients to advertise for you on their platform, which is a whole different pool of people. Okay. So another thing you can do is you can do a rep program. This is what I did. I know there's another episode about this. Um, and this I'll probably do another deep dive into. Um, I used to do a rep program. Um, these clients were clients who had a lot of followers and the minimum likes on their page. I want to I mean, on their posts, I would say, I think I wanted them to have a minimum of between two and 300 likes on each of their posts. Um, these girls were usually really beautiful, very photogenic. You can use their photos. Um, so I was very particular about who I chose. I lived in a college town, so it was really helpful to have one college student. Um, and I would ask her, Hey, if you have any friends who want cheap lashes, let me know. What I did was I would charge them half the price and I would give them double the time. Um, there were rules to this. Like they had to come in every cert every so often and they couldn't miss appointments. They had to do tag tagging me and things. And there were rules. Um, I'll do a deeper dive on this in another episode, but, um, okay. You could do, Oh, I know. Uh, we can get into like what, uh, what clients are really good for the rep program. College students baristas, um, bartenders at local trendy bars, high schoolers. I know what you're going to say high schoolers, but here's the thing about high schoolers. You guys, they'll post you over and over again and tag you and shout you out with no fucking shame. You know it. They don't care. Remember being in high school, you would tag the shit out of people. Um, I, I also want you guys to be hyper aware. High schoolers have moms and aunts and you know, these people get their lashes in and they can afford it. 
Um, I think the best type of clients for organic referrals were always my hairstylist and nurses. Um, and I've said it in episodes before, my clientele is probably like 80 to 90% medical. It's just always been like that. I don't know why, um, but they always refer each other. So my client's always full of nurses. So that's really cool. Um, something else that's going to help you number question mark. I remember I'm out of numbers. I don't know where we are. I'm working with other busy lash artists. Um, and I say this because they'll give you their overflow and I don't mean work with them. You get stuff for free, but I mean, if you help them, like you're not, if, if you expect them just to hand you overflow clients, it's not going to work. That's a one-way street. You're taking advantage and that's how they're going to feel after a while. They're going to get burnt out by just giving you clients. But if you can say like, Hey, am I good enough? for you to refer clients to. And if they say, and just say, you have to be honest with me, would you let me do your lashes? And they have to be honest with you. And it might be a no. So practice, practice. But if you guys are on similar skill levels, just like, Hey, would you trust me to do your lashes? And they're like, hell yeah, I trust you to do my lashes. Cool. If you have overflow, I want to help you out to trade for like some referrals. If you can't fit them, I'm not asking you to give me your clients. And if it's your client, you know, and you want me to give them back when I'm done, cool, but do things for them. Say, Hey, I um, don't have any clients today. Let me know when your clients get here. If you want to do like an extra 10 minutes, I will wash and prep your client for you. So you can take their client into your room, wash their lashes, um, get them prepped for, for uh, your the girl that's hooking you up with clients. And this is going to save her 10 minutes a client. You're going to be her favorite person. And of course, if you have a client, you can't do this. But anything that you can do that doesn't cost you money, help them if they're helping you. Um, this is really, really nice, especially if you're busy. So you're going to be their favorite person. Um, you know, and honestly, who wouldn't want a little bit of help, especially like just a little bit, it's just a little bit of gratitude for them hooking you guys up. Right. Um, okay. Let's see here. And if you are looking for a member, pay for a dang men, a member mentor, pay for a dang mentor. You guys pay a mentor pay them. If you don't have money, pay them some other way. Wash their clients' lashes. Bring them lunch. Bring them coffee. If you expect people just to help you and hook you up with information and knowledge for free, you're crazy. They have worked. These lash artists who are going to be helping you have probably worked so hard and nobody helped them and they might even be a little bit jaded of that. So don't ever, ever expect anybody to just help you um, without giving something back. So you can say like, dude, oh, I have an idea. Hey, since you referred me clients, um, what time do your kids get out of school? I'm, I literally have a break. Let me go pick your kids up and bring them where they need to go. And they're going to be like, are you serious? Hell yeah, they, you can do that. So anything that be creative, whatever you can do to help them, to show them that you appreciate them for helping you, this is what you should do. Um, and I would say, you know, your first fuck man, one to three years, you should be doing three to four classes a year. Um, I, I know this seems like a lot, but you need so many different opinions and so many different styles of teaching. Continued education is so important. And I think it's like, people think that they're going to take this class, that this wonderful, amazing, magical class, and they're just good for life. They're set for life. But this is an industry where everything is always changing. You know, um, anytime I go to an, an, another class and you guys, I don't even really lash anymore, but I still take classes cause I like it. Um, you, you're not really learning how to lash anymore. Right? You know how to lash. You're going to learn maybe how to be a little bit more of a perfectionist, how to angle the lash like they do. You're learning what they do. Maybe you're learning their map. 
Maybe you're trying to get something to click that just won't click. Maybe you're trying to pick their brain, bring a notebook, you guys. A lot of people let you take notes if you're asking questions. Maybe you just want to be a little bit better and they're going to help you with some specific thing that you've just been struggling with, you know? Even like, I always use this as an example. I took a class and I didn't learn anything, but what I did learn, or didn't learn anything about lashing, but what I did learn was from watching her, the angle of her wrist, I had been holding my angle slightly differently than she had. And once I changed that, holy crap, my elbow stopped hurting. So things like that, you might not learn how to lash in every single class because you know sometimes if you've taken 10 classes, they don't really have anything new to teach you. And that's not the educator's fault. It's just that you already knew it. Um, so really pay attention, pick their brain. This is what you're there for. Um, and another really important thing, um, another, another number question mark, (laughs) um, treat your business like a company, have a completed PR kit. Um, if you don't know what a PR kit is or like what the hell, what is, what is public relations? What the hell does this mean? Um, we do, uh, yearly, business retreat for SoCo Lashes. We just had it this year and I think we might do a second one, you guys. I really, really, really like doing the retreats. Um, but if you don't want to pay the, I believe it's 2,500 for the retreat, um, you can do the, uh, Lash Booth Collective, um, conference. It's going to be in 2023. We're going to be doing a little teaser at Lash Conference. Um, so I believe that's only $99. So get your ticket. We're going to go over some business stuff, Um, but you know, really, really, really treating your business like a company and not just like I do lashes because I think we undercut ourselves, not realizing what we're doing because we're insecure about our business, but it is a company. So remember that something that you could do to make your company look like a business is have a website, um, having great quality photos of your work. You don't have to have an expensive camera. We sell the Jenna lens, um, and, uh, spoiler alert, we haven't released this, but, um, we are, uh, releasing a Jenna lens 2.0 that is coming soon. Um, charging accordingly. This is really important for your business to treat your business respectfully. If you're not a master, don't charge like a master. If you are a master, charge like a master. Know your worth and be really, really honest with yourself. Um, creating a mission statement and a tagline. Do you guys even have a mission statement? Um, most likely no, but most companies do and you should have one. Treat your business like a company. Um, wearing your own swag or wearing a swag from your diff- from your favorite brand if you don't have a brand. Um, you could be connecting and collaborating with other artists like companies do. Um, how do you do that? You can reach out and ask if they want to get a coffee, building relationships one, one lash artist at a time. Um, slowly will build a community and I know it's really scary to do but connecting with other companies is really important and I think people lose the or have lost the value of that over time and it's so they're so afraid of fear fear of failure by other people's success and that when I say that I mean they're afraid to befriend a lash artist and post about them and shout them out and have their clients go to her that might happen. I don't know. Um, but I mean, you have to connect with other companies. This is when people go to these huge, um, conventions, right? You have to connect because they're going to keep you fresh. Um, let's see here. Lastly, um, if you're feeling discouraged, just know one thing you're going to suck for a long time. And then one day you just don't anymore. It's going, there's something magical that happens in between year one and three, 
so many magical little moments when things click. It's like click, click, clickety, click, click. It's like a little bag of popcorn. All these things start clicking. And if you give up right before that happens, that's too bad. That sucks. You know, talk to people because it's like people pretend that they're so good at lashing and they're not. They're only posting their good work. You know, I am one of those people that have to learn everything the hard way. Um, I am super stubborn um, and I let my stubborn personality get in the way of my success. I get bored super easily um, and I've wanted to quit a few times. I have um, wanted to start another company to get out of SoCo Lashes. Um, I can be a bad friend because I put my business first. Um, Sometimes I think I know everything when I don't. Um, I really, really hate confrontation, um, but I have to deal with it. And because I hate it so much, I kind of deal with it in a negative way and I come off cold. Um, I am super, super, super an introvert. Um, So teaching for me is exhausting. And I am resentful that I didn't start sooner. So if you can relate to any of those, uh, you're in good company. Um, I just want you to know if you're feeling discouraged, all of those things I feel all the time. And this is normal and you just have to push past it. And if you don't want to push past it and you want to give up, uh, don't. (laughs) Because then you're just, you know, remember how much money you put into your beauty school and you quit your job and you put all of this time and love and effort and trust into it and you're just going to give it up? No way. Of course, if you have any questions, head to Soco Lashes on Instagram. Um, I try my best to get through our inbox, but uh, yeah, if you have any questions about our classes coming up, head to SocoLashes.com and hit our academy. Um, I'd love to meet you and get you on our training. Uh, until then, see you later. Oh yeah, and if you guys want to go to Disneyland and write it off on your taxes, send me a message and I'm going to tell you how. I hope that all of this was helpful. These are the things that I did to hit six figures. And I did this in, I want to say six months. You just have to be dedicated and you have to trust yourself and keep going. Let's make 100K, guys. Jenna Cash here with Inspo Podcast. I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you to everybody who has supported this podcast. Thank you to everybody who has shared this on your Instagram stories. Thank you to everybody who has told your friends about this podcast. It is fulfilling something that I didn't know needed fulfilling. And I'm so grateful from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. And feel free to leave a five-star review. Leave a written review. And if you didn't like this podcast, uh, don't, don't leave a review. Just go ahead and give it a five star because I made the effort. (laughs) Um, but really thank you. Thank you for your time. I know time is invaluable and you can't ever get it back. So every minute that you've listened to one of my episodes, thanks man. if you know somebody that you think that this episode could help take a screenshot and share it on your story for me or if you could give me a five-star rating and leave a written review appreciate it you guys